the Procurement Podcast, supported by the National Forum for the Advancement of Teaching and Learning in Higher Education. Hi, I'm James Murphy. I'm a Strategic Sourcing Manager, currently working for VMware, um, and I support their real estate and workplace category across the EMEA region. So I actually got into procurement um, while doing my BCom in UCC. And as part of the, you know, the commerce course, you get an opportunity to do some work experience. So I was lucky enough to get placement with VMware in Ballon College um, within their strategic sourcing department. So initially I went in there and I was supporting kind of spend analytics, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, supporting a business analyst uh, team, you know, working on some metrics. Um, and then, you know, after that, I was kind of given an opportunity to continue through my fourth year in university working part time, where I moved into more of a, a strategic sourcing role and I was supporting their IT category. Um, so that was kind of my entry point into it via the BCom in UCC. Yeah, so for me, I suppose it's the variety of, of what you're procuring. Um, you know, I'll give, a, give an example. Um, you know, I had a, a spell working at Twitter in Dublin um, and I was in a generalist role. So I'm supporting multiple categories across the EMEA region. You could go from, um, you know, purchasing, you know, financial services or, or, you know, tax advice. And on the same day, you could be procuring, you know, advertising or marketing in Piccadilly Square in the UK for the marketing team. So it was that diversity in terms of, you know, what you're buying day to day uh, that really interests me. And I suppose you get that variety then of working across multiple business units. You get to understand how the business works. Um, so you're not just, you know, supporting a manufacturing, um, you know, business unit, you're actually supporting the, the full business and you're, you're not just seeing how the back office side of the house works in terms of, you know, finance, legal, HR, you're also seeing, you know, on, on the sales side, um, you know, consulting, you know, marketing, market research, um, you know, so you get that wide variety, um, in, in indirect. And sometimes you don't get that when it comes to direct procurement. So what are the kind of common problems that you see with buying services, James? Yeah, so I suppose, you know, the biggest challenge is, you know, when you go to buy goods, you're typically buying a predefined, you know, product that you've got a detailed specification on. You typically cut your PO and the majority of instances, you know, what you've ordered will be delivered. When it comes to services, there's a lot more ambiguity. Um, so, you know, quality and delivery can be subjective. So, you know, I'll give a quick example. If I'm buying cleaning services, what I, what I determine is clean and David, what you determine is clean you know, could be totally different. Um, so, you know, there is that element of ambiguity that comes with procuring services. That's why, you know, your scope definition, um, your scope definition is, is really crucial. How, how do you see your role? Because I know in some procurement scenarios that the buyer is, is considered a trusted advisor. In other cases, there seem to be a devil's advocate. Where do you see yourself or where do you put yourself in, in that context? Yes. So from my perspective, it's, it's the trusted advisor. You know, we're there to help, um, you know, the business units um, get value when they're dealing with third party suppliers. Um, so, you know, our role is definitely not there to be a blocker or to be bureaucratic. It's very much there to, you know, assist, um, you know, your stakeholders in the procurement process, ensuring that they're receiving value for money while also protecting, um, you know, while also protecting your company. So, you know, when, when you look at indirect procurement, 
um, very often the first the first element you're you're buying for is risk. Um, so there's a lot more risk that comes with service you know service procurement, um, and it's important from a strategic sourcing perspective that you mitigate that risk and where possible you know remove it from the purchase scenario. So very often it's a case of just you know bringing your stakeholders on that journey and educating them um, you know what's out there in the market. So as much as from a strategic sourcing perspective you know we're looking internally we're trying to assist you know, the, the, the business units with that purchase decision and with defining their scope. In other situations, it's about bringing them on that journey, looking externally to see, you know, what their peers are doing in other companies, what are the trends that are happening in the industry. Um, you know, so a good example of this is, you know, helping them to define their scope. So, you know, recently worked on a, you know, on a project where one of my stakeholders was looking for catering services, you know, for a particular location. Um, and, you know, the scope for them was, you know, I need breakfast and lunch in this office. Here's my budget. You know, can you help me with this? And I suppose, you know, our, our job then was trying to define, you know, value for them. Sure, I could have gone and got a service provider that would have delivered, you know, to that brief. But, you know, we, we brought them on a journey, you know, through an RFP process, um, brought them to the market. They got to meet multiple companies. They got to understand, you know, the USPs of these particular companies. So then we helped them to define what that scope was. So it wasn't just delivering, you know, breakfast and lunch every day. You know, we were able to get some value add for them. So in terms of, you know, are you looking for a coffee solution to be built in here? You know, what are you looking at from a sustainability perspective? What are you looking at from an innovation perspective? You know, waste management is going to be important. Health and safety is going to be important. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of times when your stakeholders come to you, um, they don't fully know what they want. And sometimes, you know, it's the role of, you know, strategic sourcing or an indirect procurement specialist to bring them on that journey and to showcase what's happening in the market um, so that they can be aware of the industry trends, be aware of, you know, what suppliers are out there, what variety of services they're providing. And then ultimately, you know, you're presenting them options to them um, and facilitating that decision making process. And ultimately, ultimately adding value, you know, for your stakeholder base. But it's always the case that you know early engagement with strategic sourcing really helps to um, you know generate um, you know I suppose greater results and more value to be defined. So the earlier we are involved in the process, um, you know, we can, whereas you know if we're involved at, at the onset of that, we can help our stakeholders to define what their scope is. We can bring them on a journey uh, through a competitive bidding process, bring them to the market, you know, bring them the latest market trends. Um, and, you know, ultimately then you're adding a lot more value for them. And, and tell me, so, some listeners might, might say, you know, that, that's great in theory, but that we may struggle with that or some departments just don't buy in, they go off and do their own thing. Like what advice would you give to that person or that department to maybe... Um, obviously, you can't force people to be involved early, but you can try and cajole them or incentivize them. Is it down to kind of corporate policy? Is it down to the individual procurement person? Like, how, what advice would you give to them? Yeah, so I suppose, you know, from a sourcing perspective, it's about building that trust um, and that stakeholder engagement. Um, you know, where I've seen this work well is where there is a, a corporate policy in place that you know mandates that strategic sourcing needs to be involved for purchases over a certain spend threshold. Um, and the idea of this is not a stick to be, you know, to beat your stakeholders with. It's not forcing them to follow a bureaucratic process, but it's bringing them to the table 
um, they know that they're going to have to engage with you. And what you'll find is when they've typically had a positive experience first time around, you know, they'll understand how, you know, strategic sourcing can unlock value uh, by being involved in the process and that it's not just a hoop that they need to jump through. You'll find more often than not that that stakeholder will come back to you, uh, not because they're forced to, because they want your assistance in future purchases. So I think the policy piece is important to ensure that people, you know, have to come to you. Uh, but I think then from a sourcing perspective, it's important that you deliver a service to your stakeholder that has them wanting to come back. They see the benefits. They're now an ally. They're on your side. They can also speak about their experiences to perhaps other stakeholders who are going to go through the same process. So it's kind of success-based, I guess. Exactly. So, I mean, if you've delivered savings on a particular purchase and they have more scope within their budget to use that for additional services or they've achieved value-add, from that negotiation with their supplier, um, or you've helped solve their, you know, their business need by bringing them a, a solution that they hadn't thought of originally, or you know, um, something outside of the box. Um, you know, the, they're they're going to value that, and they will come back to you time and time again. And that's look, the stakeholder engagement piece is, is crucial here. It's important that you develop these long-lasting relationships with your stakeholder base, and you know that it's. Uh, it's they see it as a value add service as opposed to a bureaucratic process. So if we if we stick to the the, the example of of indirect uh, service procurement, so irrespective of whether you're in a, a multinational corporation or kind of an indigenous um, marketing company, what what would be your approach or what would be your advice to people in terms of the requirements uh, specification? How would you best uh, deal with that? Yes. So for me, it's important that the stakeholder, you know, internally defines, you know, what problem they're, they're trying to solve, you know, what the scope they have internally is, you know, where I've seen this, where I've seen this work well is, you know, when you're drafting a statement of work and you're detailing what you're supplier, the, you know, the deliverables, the cost, the timelines, very often your supplier is the expert in delivering that service. They're going to know what they need to do you know, for you, when they're going to do it and how much that's going to cost. So I will typically get the supplier to draft that scope document for me first. You know, I'll review it. And if I feel that there's insufficient information in there, it's about pushing back and challenging, you know, challenging them to populate with more detailed information. I suppose then on, on the flip side, you know, you're sharing that document with your stakeholder. They're reviewing it from their, you know, their requirements perspective and ensuring that it meets, you know, their requirements. Again, you know, I'll challenge them uh, to really review that document and ensure that the scope is very well defined. What you want to do when you're, you know, drafting any statement of work or a scope document, you want to try and avoid ambiguity. Um, so it's about, you know, ensuring that everything's clearly laid out and there's, there's a common understanding and you're kind of eliminating the gray from the scope when you're, you know, purchasing services. So, and then I suppose, you know, where strategic sourcing sits in that is we sit, you know, between the supplier and the stakeholder, ensuring that that, that scope is well-defined um, and that there can be no room for, you know, misinterpretation or misunderstanding down the line. You'd be yeah. surprised there, David, because, you know, once they've gone through that process once, what you'll find, you know, not just the supplier, but also your stakeholder, you know, once they've gone through that process once, the next time they come to engage with you, you'll find that, you know, they'll understand the, the, the high standards and the expectations that are required in your scope document. 
Just can we turn then to the, I suppose, the the, the contract management piece? So you, you, you've devoted, you've spent a lot of time at the initiation of um, the needs. You've looked at your requirements. You've you've worked with the stakeholder to define the needs. You've gone to the market. So you've chosen your supplier. And the question that we're often asked is, I guess, so how do you best manage uh, the performance of the supplier? So in your experience, um, in terms of contracts and, and SLAs, and um, what have you seen work, James? Yeah, so I suppose you know the most important thing I mentioned earlier is first and foremost, we're buying for risk and we're mitigating risk out of um, out of the contract. So what you'll typically see in the US multinationals, you know, where I've worked, is they're very risk adverse. Um, so you know, when we engage with any supplier, we're typically going to have a master services agreement or a general services agreement in place. This defines the, the legal terms and conditions that you're going to be working within, uh, you know, with the supplier. And this document is typically done once up front, but I suppose that's the comfort blanket for us as strategic sourcing to engage then with the supplier. So that contract is going to cover off things like indemnities, liabilities, confidentiality. It's going to deal with GDPR, privacy, um, you know, all of the areas where there's potential risk in any service contract. Um, so I suppose that's your foundational document. And I suppose, you know, from a sourcing perspective, once that document is in place, that kind of protects, you know, your company, your stakeholder in the purchase decision. Um, so I suppose, you know, the, the, one of the most important terms I would, I would call out in that document, which you'll typically see in a service agreement, is termination for convenience. Um, and this is, you know, a great term in, in private um, or indirect, you know, uh, space where, you know, you can terminate a contract for any reason or no reason. Um, you know, so if you have a supplier that's not performing or, you know, you, you want to swap them out or change them, you can leverage this term to typically cancel your agreement on 30 days or 45 days notice. So it's important to know that, you know, when you're, um, when you're making indirect purchases, you know, you typically have two contracts, you have this master level agreement, this is your comfort blanket, and this gives you the flexibility to terminate the contract, you know, at any stage. Um, and then, I suppose, underneath that, then you know, govern, you know, that that document will govern your statement of work. Um, and your statement of work is the document you work on with your stakeholder, which will have your deliverables, your milestones, um, your you know, your your costs, your timing, um, and that's really where the service description is outlined. So, you know, from a from a sourcing perspective, you know, when you've got that that GSA or that general services agreement in place, um, that gives you, you know, the comfort that you can go and negotiate, um, you know, a contract with your supplier. The service level agreement is very much, um, you know, used to define um, agreed um, performance uh, requirements with the supplier. So you'll typically see them in, in the IT space where, you know, you're talking about, you know, if, if you're procuring software, you know, you want that system to be up a certain percentage of time. Um, or, you know, it deals with if there's an issue, you know, you expect it to be resolved within four hours or eight hours. Um, so SLAs are very much defining operational, um, operational objectives, you know, that you want to define. And they're going to be very, very important for your stakeholders. Um, now, you, you wouldn't see SLAs in every contract necessarily. Some contracts might be one-time purchases. Um, you know, in, in a lot of instances, you know, you'll be working with a supplier that you've worked with on, on you know, many occasions. Um, and you don't necessarily need to define SLAs because, you know, you, you've, you've got a trusted relationship with them. 
Um, you know, they're very clear on what the objectives are, um, you know, what the expectations um, are, you know, for the service, and they will typically deliver, you know, on time. So, you know, SLAs, I think, you know, are, are very important, and they're very important for defining performance objectives. But for me, you know, the most important document from a strategic sourcing perspective is the contract and ensuring that you're protecting uh, your company. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, having that flexibility, if, you know, we, we mentioned earlier that, you know, sometimes there can be ambiguity in terms of the delivery of service. And it's always good to have, you know, that flexibility in the contract, um, you know, to terminate for convenience so you can terminate that relationship at any time. Like the, the one thing you do want to avoid, you know, when it, when it comes to indirect procurement, is is falling into dispute with your with your supplier. Foremost, you know, we buy for risk. So one of the roles of strategic sourcing is to think of the worst case scenario and ensure you're protected with your contract. So you know, you'll have your indemnities, your liabilities, your confidentiality and insurance. You know, they're all going to be inside in your general services agreement. So there could be a particular service that you know your stakeholder might perceive as low risk, uh, but you know your role as strategic sourcing is to think of the worst case situation. So you know back to the cleaning example, you know you could be putting a janitorial services contract in place. It could seem low risk. You've got people coming in cleaning the building, and you know what could what could possibly go wrong. But you know in strategic sourcing, you have to think of what if there was you know property damage, what if there was theft. What if there was a spillage that caused a potential injury or death? While it's very unlikely, your contract is there to protect you. Um, and, it, you know, it could be the difference between, you know, your company paying if there's a dispute in a lawsuit versus the supplier paying. Um, and that could ultimately save your company tens of millions of dollars, you know, in the long run. So that's why it's very important that, you know, you have that contract in place. That's the foundational document that you work on. Um, and that allows you then to, to engage with the supplier in terms of, you know, service level agreements and operational objectives. If you don't have that foundational document, you're opening yourself up to a lot of risk. And what advice would you give someone who, who's trying to get into that space? I suppose from my perspective, you know, um, one area that I think is, you know, is, is really, you know, driving this home, particularly in Cork, is the course that um, you guys are running in UCC. You know, the certificate in procurement management. I completed it myself a few years ago. And I think that is a, a great opportunity to uh, you know, get your foot in the door in terms of an indirect procurement um, you know, role. Uh, it, within that course, you get to meet you know, um, a lot of industry experts. Um, you get to meet a lot of peers that work across you know, multiple industries. So I think you know, education, um, while you know, when I went to university, there was no specific procurement course that you could, um, you know, follow. You know, I think that that seems to be changing. There seems to be a lot more opportunities now for education um, in, you know, in, in strategic sourcing and in indirect procurement. So that that's one area. And I think the second, you know, thing to mention here is what you're seeing a, a trend of is there's a lot more companies now starting to see the value of having indirect procurement um, teams. So, you know, I, I've definitely noticed a trend, um, you know, over, over the past five years of more and more roles uh, coming available, um, you know, within, within strategic sourcing. So I think it's, you know, it, it's good to see that, industry, you know, that trend happening in the industry. And I would just encourage people to, you know, um, look at the, the various educational programs that are out there 
And, you know, if they're working within a company that has a strategic sourcing department, go and speak with that team. 